Y'all remember the the Pitbull Walmart concert? Yeah, no, oh, that was no, like no, that was in Anchorage, right? They voted. Yeah, yeah. Pitbull yep. had a contest yeah. to uh, vote wherever he would do his next concert, and it got spammed online by you know fucking trolls. I think it was a four chan thing, yeah. and they sent him to Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> yeah, to a Walmart in Anchorage. And he actually went. Like, he, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, performed for like yep. 30 people total. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> this, this fucking picture. Does anyone even know who people is in Alaska? There are like 14 I, people I in Alaska. So. Sarah Palin was that's there. A quick go- that's a quick Google <laughs> way. Hold on. Let's I see. No. in Alaska. I actually... They invited Sarah Palin to rap on Timber. <laughs> There's like five people in Alaska, and she's like, it's her family. That's it. It's Sarah Palin and my crazy uncle. Um, I don't think he's my real uncle. Um, <laughs> because his okay, so his name is Uncle Coke, and that's literally that's the only thing I know him by. I don't know his real name. God damn. And he was like on National Geographic because he was. It was like some like monster hunter show because he was supposedly <laughs> hunting this like massive like mythical polar bear in Alaska. <laughs> and he makes he makes like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year like taking rich people on these hunts in Alaska. And the only thing that I know about him outside of that is that my dad told me that like the ATF tried to audit him and they were like, <laughs> Hey, like we need a list of like all the firearms that you own and like blah, blah, blah and everything. And he's like, well, you can come pick them up yourself, like shove it up your fucking ass. It's none of your business. <laughs> and like sent him the letter back and like a Kate, like every once in a while, they'll try to like audit him and be like, Hey, we need to know how many guns you have. And, and like uncle Coke says, I hope those are level four plates. <laughs> <laughs> god damn and yeah so that's that i guess i don't think he's actually my uncle because i don't know like who in my family he would even be related to like everybody on the my dad's side of the family is dead except for my uncle like one uncle his name is chick um Jesus. i love the idea <laughs> oh <my> god <laughs> Uncle, 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 chick, uncle, coke, and uncle coon. No. Those, those were my uncles. Uncle coon. Yes, that was his name. No, it was his hat, Mister Grabs. <laughs> Good goddamn. Yeah, no, he's the one who died because he made somebody shoot him. Oh wow! <laughs> the way you say that. Yeah. yeah, Tom. What kind of wild west ass characters are your family? I'm going to type in Uncle Coke Monster Hunter and see what comes up. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely a show on fucking History Channel. <laughs> You're just going to get some guy doing cocaine streaming Monster Hunter. <laughs> uh, so the first thing that comes up when I type Uncle Coke Monster Hunter is Monster Beverage, which I guess if you take the co- like the <laughs> the combined yeah. meaning of all those four words, that's what you get. <laughs> I googled Uncle Coke National Geographic, and the first thing that came up was "It's a Wonderful Life." IMDb. <laughs> so, what the fuck? all right, not really Hell sure yeah. what the connecting thread is there, but ladies and gentlemen, did you guys see Eric Adams get up there on that video conference call and say he goes, "My fellow New Yorkers, oh, we got yes, him. yes." Did you see it? Oh. So while. Yeah, no, he literally did. Put the audio in, please, Lyle. It's so good. My fellow New Yorkers, we got him. 
We got him. How many times do you think he watched the Obama like oh, yeah. video of All announcing night. that we killed Osama bin Laden? Yeah. Like, how many times do you think he watched that immediately before going on? I'm willing to bet <laughs> at least four or five. No, I oh. think he stayed up all night and was watching and just waiting, like crossing his fingers, like everything. Like, I hope they catch him so I can go out and do this. And as soon as he did, he is pumping his fist. He's like, getting me on a camera, like right, right now. I think we should. He, I think we should <laughs> actually to, start the episode and give that. a little bit of background before we start talking about Eric Adams and his little antics. Um. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. What if we fired Eric Adams out of a cannon like a circus clown? Good morning. Sunday morning. All right, we're fucking back, baby. Uh, this episode almost didn't happen because uh we were down to two members of the podcast and then we pulled three new people out of thin air so good morning sunday morning this is episode 63 of the sunday morning podcast i am one of your hosts alex and i got with me uh zach drunk i'm yeah, I think. I'm, yeah it's been a hard week i'm shit-faced and i'm about to offer some top level analysis of uh everything that's going on in brooklyn right now uh and tom is doing kratom <laughs> wrong <laughs> i think <laughs> I, I literally just watched you drink it tom <laughs> wrong <laughs> all right uh we got two guests today we have uh previous guest tony you guys remember him from hey. i think he was on episode nine and like 20 or something yeah bippity boopity how you doing <laughs> favorite italian of the podcast absolutely uh you yeah, better yes. not let doink hear that low you better cut that shit <laughs> no, I, podcast. i've said it before doink doink is gonna kill me regardless so i gotta get my licks in they you know better. my few remaining days <laughs> uh we also have elliot who has not been on the podcast since episode 12 i think yeah it's it's been a it's been a hot minute elliot is our reigning consultant on white women uh yes. and he's got a lot to tell us this week not not doing too well. Not doing too well right now, but you know. No. Wait, wait. No? Wait, actually I thought you were doing pretty well in, in the world of white women. Wait. It's Elliot Canty with the White Woman Report. Gun to my head, you told me that was the the voice actor for the fish from SpongeBob, I, would, yeah. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. It's the twenty fifth annual Fry Cook Games. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Say, say something about the, the Brooklyn thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spotted earlier this evening a man named. What's his name? His name's like Kevin James or something. Kevin <laughs> James, James, the terrorist. Frank James, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank James, 62, was arrested without incident by patrol officers in Manhattan's East Village. I can't believe Paul Blart did terrorism. <laughs> Frank James, not Kevin James. Pa- Paul Bart Mall Cop shot up the fucking subway. Yeah. Paul oh Blart for Return to Afghanistan. Paul Blart the Mall Cop with the fucking Frank Dorner or Chris Dorner fucking arc. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. my God. Except he just goes crazy and kills a bunch of like. 
diabetic 50 year olds at the mall. I would say leftists could start making shirts with fucking Paul Blart on them the way they do with Chris Dorner, but I'm sure they already fucking do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Hold on. I'll, uh, uh, Elliot, you tell us about what's going on uh, with uh, your love life and some white women right now, and uh, I'll look up some Paul Blart shirts. <laughs> well, I've always I've always told everyone, you know, uh, because uh, I end up in wacky scenarios with uh, with uh, women, uh, especially of the uh, the white variety. Um, <laughs> I, I just had a stroke. Variety, uh, but. Um, as as uh, everyone, all the hosts know, uh, there was a girl I was crushing on in my uh, in my econ course. Is that what you were referring to, Alex? Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's many stories, but um, I, I I worked up the uh, the the courage to uh, finally ask her out after uh, planning a bunch of plots and schemes uh, that. Everyone was very unhappy about. <laughs> you finally just how'd you ask? How'd you ask? Well, okay, so we um, didn't you literally we, just say, "Do you want to go out on a date with me?" Instead of doing what you were doing, which was to create a large Rube Goldberg type contraption <laughs> to lower a string. To essentially, I was because I, I I said, you know, I'm gonna I'll finally do it. You know, I I, I swore I swore, you know, I'm just gonna go for it because. Uh, the uh, the last time that I did was like 2018, and that was that was crazy. Actually, I think that girl who uh, who uh, denied me lives in this building <laughs> that I live in right now. <laughs> um, but uh, regardless, I was uh, I was like, okay, well, uh, we were going to study. With she um, she wanted to study on Monday because uh, we had a test today, and I just uh, like right after she was with a friend, by the way, which was nerve wracking. But um, right after. She was just, uh, I just was like, Hey, can I talk to like, can I talk to you for a second? She was like, yeah, sure. And I said, you know, Hey, I know we're stressed with the test today. Uh, but, uh, you know, afterwards, you know, when we're done with this, do you like, I would love to, uh, go out on a date with you. And she said, yeah, sure. That sounds, that sounds fun. So I was like, immediately I walked to my car, got in and I I told, uh, boys chat, uh, let, let you guys know. I let Mulbus know. I think I let Mulbus know. Uh, the chat that nobody knew, we're not going to talk about mobiles. We're just going to, uh, if you know, you we know. don't talk about Kevin. We don't talk about mobiles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Elliot, I just want to, you know, I just want to extend some sincere congratulations on you for not fumbling the bag here, because if any of our listeners know our good friend, Elliot, uh, he just ends up in wacky situations with like the most racist of women i have ever met okay okay that was one time that was okay maybe twice that was maybe twice this man got dumped by the harris to uh church's chicken okay no Um, no alex because here's the thing at least two of them were pretty explicitly racist the others the others the others it was microaggressions it it was no it was just kind of you know, you you look at him and you're like, "You're gonna say something, or are you just gonna... he's he's still you know." <laughs> well, no, okay. So, so I remember one. I remember one about two, three months ago who specifically said, "I don't even remember what the context was." But Elliot, you told us that she said, "Oh, I really like black guys." You can't talk like that, white baby. <laughs> and then you kept, and then you kept going forward with it. 
you just kept, you know, moving forward in that relationship with no consideration. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. So this is what happened because I know what you're talking about. I, and this is the same I person. I thought you like who, immediately ditched her. <laughs> so, um, I li- so for those who don't know my lore, I lived in Mississippi for a year. Um, and when I found my friend group, uh, there was this, there was this girl in there. Um, and she, she was very nice and everything. Uh, well, <clears throat> one day I was with, uh, that person, and another friend, and they were in my dorm and they both were sitting on my bed. Yo. And so for whatever reason, I needed to get to an outlet that was right by my bed and I moved it. I moved it, the bed and they were sitting on it. And she was like, Oh my, Oh my God. And I was like, what? I just moved it. And, um, then like later she tells me, uh, like, like a month or so later, she said, after you did that, like I had like a huge crush on you. Let's go. I was like, what? Cause she was like, you know, you were so strong. And Alex, I said that in the group chat, I told that you were like, she's literally doing racism on you, like telling you you have a broad back. <laughs> so this is the same, this is the same girl, um, who like a couple months after that happened, she, we were, I think we were a little drunk. I think we were all a little drunk. If I remember correctly, I don't. I don't quite remember. I might not have been drinking, but she said, I just like, and like, I'm in the room, like I'm in the room. It's another, like another two friends. And she goes, I I just love black guys. Like, you know, like just, (laughs) and she was like, like Elliot, like if you, like, if, if you were to like, I would treat you right. And I'm like, Oh, uh, this is awkward. Like, this is because I had already dated someone like from that friend group. So it was already, I was like, that's not, you know, double dip the chip. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Like one, I was like, this is weird now. This And like (laughs) my my other friend like told me later, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, it happens, you know? (laughs) See, okay. The the thing is, the thing is, Elliot, it doesn't. (laughs) Like that's the, that's the thing. Most people I know. Like most most people I knew who know who are members of a minority group or whatever, don't just like like you've got a big sign on your back that says, Hey, racist white women, come find me. I've <laughs> yeah, never met another issue. man in my life who just experiences as much like relationship based racism as you do. So yeah. Um, do you get off on it, Elliot? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've definitely known people who who experience like similar levels of it oh i thought you were saying you do yeah i thought you meant you <laughs> experience <laughs> relationship racism i was like excuse me yeah let's uh, hear that tom tom comes from a village in europe where they still walk <laughs> around on all fours <laughs> god damn in other news listeners i uh finally got my phd in primatology so i can successfully speak with british people now <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that one. Yeah, I, know. I saw everybody's face. I was holding my breath on that one. <laughs> hey, maybe we cut that part. Maybe we cut that part. I, I, I feel like we get a record scratch in there and then it cuts to, like, you know, we'll be right back music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've, we've, spent, we've spent an entire 12 minutes on uh, Elliot and white women. Jesus Christ. Do we want to move on to uh, domestic terrorism? The Sunday morning love cast. (laughs) The Sunday morning white woman report brought to you by Elliot. Talking about domestic terrorism. Let me be clear. We are going to discuss domestic terrorism that has already occurred. 
The Sunday Morning Podcast will not be doing any domestic terrorism at this time. Please no. I, I do not endorse uh, any uh, any instances of terrorism Neither that might. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, great. As long as we're on the same uh, right, the, uh, right. same page. Somebody just did the wink noise with their phone. <laughs> I know it was a text, but <laughs> it sounded like a tooth sparkle. What the fuck is the wink noise? You know, like when a character in a cartoon like winks at you and their teeth yeah, sparkle it's a, a little bit. It's like, a Chip yeah. Skylar type of situation. No, you, you, <laughs> yeah, like when like the teeth and it's like that little shine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, some domestic terrorism happened. Uh to, what what was it? Monday, I believe. A guy went into a subway yeah. on what thirty uh, sixth Street, if I'm correct. In New no, in, no, in it New was York. it was yeah. Tuesday. It was. I mean, we're recording on Wednesday. It happened yesterday. Oh, I thought it, today it was, was just, Tuesday. No, today's Wednesday. I did too. Well, honestly. today is actually Sunday morning. If we're uh, if we're talking about it that way, yeah, it's Sunday morning. But um, the guy walks into the fucking subway. <laughs> so a guy walks into the subway. No, the the guy walks into the subway car and detonates a smoke grenade and shoots like 19 people i'm sure most of our listeners have heard like the the actual concrete details of what happened so we're not going to spend a ton of time on that um everybody's okay as far as i'm Mm -hmm. aware there were two people in critical condition but i think they're doing okay uh a few people had like smoke inhalation a couple people had shock yeah Uh, a few people had like minor bullet wounds Mm -hmm. but what I really think we can spend some good time discussing is uh, just all of the interesting circumstances that were surrounding this. I I wanted so badly for there to not be any eye emoji stuff related to this. I was like, look, I want just just a healthy, regular American shooting to happen, and I won't be I won't be crazy. <laughs> And it's making me fucking crazy. It's making us crazy. Everything that comes out about this is fishy. And, you know, before yeah. we get into it, I, 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 since, since, you know, no one died, like, you know, yeah. all's well that ends well, I guess. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I, I, I would like to extend my... I don't know if that's the... I don't know if that is the phrase <laughs> I would use for a domestic terrorism attack. I would but, like to extend you know, you do, my you, uh, sincerest uh, concerns to... Um, literally every other leftist podcast, which is headquartered in Brooklyn. <laughs> now that yeah. Doink is not here with us today, and uh, don't worry, they're fine. They didn't get got. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, we we are the only ones not recording from a five bedroom apartment in Brooklyn. So I think we God need damn. to. Uh, I think we need to recognize the other podcasters. Absolutely, stay yeah. strong. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So the first thing that comes out, I think it was like three, four hours after the attack occurred, uh, and it was 8.30 a.m. around then was when the attack happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, A few hours after that, we learn that there is no available camera footage from the area. Yep. Uh, The reason being, there are 10,000 cameras along the Brooklyn sub. If you're in New York, you're being videotaped, basically. Sure. Yeah. Especially, especially when you're on the train. And if not by the cameras, and, you're being videotaped by John Wilson with HBO. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there are 10,000 cameras. Every single one of them was operational, except for the three of them that are at that subway stop and two of them on the subway stops before and after. Yeah. They also 
comped um, thousands of dollars worth of bodega sushi. (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) Oh, see, I'm on the same page as Tom. I'm on the the page. Absolutely. (laughs) What page is this? Steven Paddock had thousands of dollars worth of sushi (laughs) comped. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're yeah. making a Vegas shooting joke. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, yeah, and then it comes out that the cop couldn't signal um the cop the cop that was like right there available on that uh platform station when people were getting off the train was telling people to call 911 because he said his radio wasn't working. So just again, just every detail we kept learning about it throughout the day, it just started to get fishier and fishier. It turns out that Frank James had had previous contact with the FBI uh, for some 2019. Yes. For some insightful things he had posted on Facebook, um, it, not insightful. What's the word I'm looking? Inciting things he posted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably insightful. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you, you, I haven't seen the post yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, the shooter. Yeah. I mean, we could go into it now. The shooter posted videos with titles like "Should Black Women Be Forcibly Sterilized?" His views were all over the place. Like, like what? Okay, he did post he did post one that I really enjoyed the title oh, of God. and it was uh it was just titled Dying Time parentheses 2012. <laughs> dying spelled incorrectly, um, dying spelled D I E I N G. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh he was also really into Young Dolph, which <laughs> Let's uh, go. Oh, so what I don't understand what I think, I mean, even like okay, the little details, the fact that they found his fucking credit card what was it? Was it on the fucking train where he was shooting? And people? his it's keys. Like, yeah. And, and it's like, keys, okay. Yeah. But what's even weirder to me than all of that from the very get go, the thing that just makes this that automatically threw up a flag for me was the fact that this man is from Arizona mm-hmm. and he traveled from Arizona to Philly and then rented yeah. a U-Haul and drove that to New York. Hmm. what did he need the u-haul for like why like what was the purpose of that yeah. and why new york city arizona i mean you could go to you could go to Standing dallas you could go on to a corner in winslow arizona such a fine <laughs> sight to see there's a Any girl those by law in a white u-haul <laughs> slowing down to take okay, a so look I will at the u-haul because the u-haul thing uh <laughs> U-Haul is cheaper than a regular rental car. Alex, I believe you told me that. <laughs> yes, it, it is in like the short span of time that he was using it. However, there's still no like there, there's still nothing the U-Haul like no purpose the U-Haul would have served if he already had a vehicle because yeah. it wasn't to conceal his identity or anything because he rented the U-Haul under his name. He rented it under the name of Frank James. He didn't falsify any documents. He didn't you know, do anything like that. And then they found the keys to the U-Haul in a bag of magazines and explosive devices that he left on the train. Oh my God. Which is how they got his name to start with. They also matched it to the credit card that he dropped at the scene. And you know what I hate? I hate when I'm doing a terror attack and just like Looney Tunes style, <laughs> all of my belongings fall fall out of my pockets, <laughs> no, including no. my identifying documents. Yeah, this motherfucker lo- um, lost shit like Sonic Rings. He might be a domestic terrorist, but like this is like a thing, you know. You never leave the house without like three or four things in your wallet, and those are two tap of the four your, things. Tap your pockets, I, yeah. Tap your pockets. You're not gonna leave the Absolutely. scene of a crime, you know. Just like, <laughs> oh shit, my wallet, my phone, my keys, my vape. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all the pockets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Phone keys, wallet. Yeah. 
He he didn't do the triple tap before he left the scene of the crime. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing for me, though, is, you know, even if we put aside all of the like, you know, all of the shit that makes this seem fishy and makes it seem like, you know, conspiracy theory shit, which, you know, we've we've talked about this before. It's a lot of the conspiracy theories that, you know, sound nutty on the surface of it are just, you know, three letter agency involvement. Yes. So I don't think that's super crazy to imagine. Even if we put aside all of that, put aside all of that, the New York City Police Department is just hilariously incompetent (laughs) in how they dealt with this. The cop at the scene couldn't radio for help, so people had to call 911. The cop at the scene also was not able to provide first aid care because he was not uh, like uh, capable in that. So the there were two medical professionals yeah. who happened to be there, on that train who were the ones using providing first aid. Tourniquets. I, I think yeah. I, I think the funniest thing is, you know, the first thing you learn in first aid is not to yell out someone call nine one one. You appoint someone to call nine one one, and the first thing this cop does is yell, Someone call nine one one. Oh yeah. my god. Like that's the thing. It's uh, it's called the bystander effect and if you say someone call 911, everybody assumes someone else is going to do it. So you point specifically at one person say you call 911. I've never heard that. I've never taken a uh, first aid class. Yeah. So that yeah. actually is oh, wow. legitimate good first aid advice. You pick a specific person if you need like somebody to hold a uh like a dressing down or something, you pick a specific person because otherwise people will assume someone else is going to do it. Got you. Cool. All jokes aside. So there's been conflicting. Did you guys hear about like how he supposedly called in his own arrest? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. There are like what? Three different reports of. Well, yeah, there's that. But then there's also this report about this, this 21 year old um, Syrian man named Zach, who also supposedly called it in. And he's like, yeah. (laughs) So like the, okay. So I've seen, I've seen that. I've seen an article published that the cops were just driving around and happened to spot him. I've seen that he called in the tip. I've seen that it was an anonymous tip. Like if he called in the tip, that's extremely funny. You have a $10 billion police budget. He called in the tip and you still couldn't even find him (laughs) at the, at the McDonald's that he was at. I believe it's like, NYPD is the seventh largest standing army in the world. If you were to separate it from the, the entire from the world. U.S. military, it is still the seventh largest standing army, and they fumbled the bag so hard on this one. <laughs> and like I know, they also have intelligence bases in more foreign countries than a lot of different yeah. militaries. And I, I know we've been hopping around yeah. in this a lot chronologically. So at some point, I kind of want to yes. establish the chronology of events that happened here. But just fucking chief Wiggum ass investigation. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. But realize because this was already this was something that um was kind of foretold because back when um Eric Adams, if you guys remember Eric Adams got sworn in mm-hmm. like January first, mm-hmm. like he was walking in the subway with like a bunch of people and there was a fight. And so he himself called 911. And they like rolled past the subway stop and then just kept on driving. Yeah. Like this, like, hmm. I remember what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure it was at a, I'm pretty sure it was at like a, uh, at a station, like above ground. And there were two people. He was like on the bridge. 
Yes. And uh, yeah, they're just like two people like fighting in the background <laughs> as they're interviewing. And him. so like, you know, if that's their response to different things, then of course, like when someone has like a little bit of gumption to do something else, then they're just going to fumble every like on like from every step of the way from beginning to end. That's what's going to happen. If that's interesting choice of words to describe a uh, man committing an act of terrorism yes. as having gumption. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying like if anybody I mean, does how I describe it, was a fight and they were just like, all right, yeah, whatever. But like anything else, like, <laughs> Elliot's beyond just, that, like, Elliot's just like this guy who shot up the subway. I really admire his grit and tenacity. <laughs> He's really got let's to stick not, to let's it. Let's not do that. But you know, like anybody who is that the word with, with the word gumption is I should have, I should, I should look up more words, but, um, you Hold know. On, Elliot, please tell us real quick what you thought the word gumption meant. In that it's when context. you end up in a, uh, you bumble your way into several historical events through no fault of your own. <laughs> gumption. The gumption, you know, just the balls, the balls to do it, the you balls. know. Okay, so, y- you know, there's a there's a whole conversation that we we've had it on the podcast a couple of times before about you know the sort of the the fact that and all our listeners know this you know more policing does not equal more safety right. and the cycle that they put in place is you know they have a ten billion dollar police budget they fumble the bag here they say damn we really fucked up guess that means we need more cops. And then they put more cops on, you know, the the force and then they fuck up again. They're like, damn, guess that means we need more cops. And what you end up with is because of the, you know, the way the media and the police departments and everyone sort of enforces this copaganda is Eric Adams is wanting to put uh, metal detectors in the subways mm-hmm. now. And they've added in the past few months a thousand cops to the subway police. So there's 3,500 cops on the New yep. York subway, which is, you know, Jesus you are not going to get Christ. on a train without a, a police officer. Yeah, without being the on. big show that you would do at the, at the TSA. I, I saw that someone did the math and there is an average of seven, um, given the size of the, you know, transit authority, there are seven cops per subway station. Um, they did the math, Insane. yeah, for for all of New York, and that that holds true for Brooklyn. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to New York City or spent like an amount of time there. Um, I've not been there. When I was there, um, this was back in 2020, so so it is a little removed. Fucking everywhere we went on the subway, there were cops everywhere, and they were just sitting on their phones, you know, not doing anything except for you know stopping um, turnstile jumpers, which yep. that's that's their main job. Yeah. yeah yeah and that's another thing i want to bring up because while this manhunt was happening in the largest act of terrorism in new york city since 9 11 i saw news reports of oh the police aren't looking for this guy but they're clearing a homeless encampment or they're still yep. stopping fair jumpers yeah. yeah and yeah this this is what the people of new york are paying for this is what the 10 like 10 billion dollar budget is going to and it sucks because eric adams is a super pro police mayor like that's this whole thing yeah. Every time you read something about Eric Adams, he somehow brings it back to how the police are great. And like, I'm not saying I, I'm not at all even going to suggest that this was like a false flag by NYPD. But like, Jesus Christ, this just lays bare the fucking issues with whatever New York has going on there. It's yeah, opportunistic, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. 
I was going to say it sure as hell does benefit them in every conceivable way. Yeah. Real quick. I want to chime in. I was looking up, uh, trying to find out how many train like actual cars are on the New York subway. And the number that I found from uh, uh, the transit authority is uh, 6,418. So over 50% of the cars are going to have a subway cop on them. If we take 3,500 police officers, one out of every two rides you take is going to have a police officer well, not in necessarily the car because like a lot of rides you take there aren't going to have cops on it. They usually just hang around in the stations. That's true. That's true. I wasn't thinking about them hanging around in the stations playing fucking clash of yeah. clan on their phones. Well, <laughs> it's like the maximum frog density question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do it's you say like maximum the- fraud density? Cause <laughs> yeah, that's what they're doing. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That yeah. too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> NYPD is a total fucking, total fucking joke. Um, I think we all know that. I don't think there's much it's else. It's security theater. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Damn, good thing that's unique to uh, the New York right. City Police Department. <laughs> Doesn't occur in anywhere else. <laughs> Just I, I, I think, there. I think yeah. the New York City like, Department has the, um, you know, the factor that they are the largest police department in the country, if not the fucking world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. In so, the world. 100%. I mean, they have resources that small countries just simply do not have access to. And I can guarantee you 80% of that is absolutely wasted. Like, and like, like I mean, they have stations yeah, they, abroad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tom mentioned that earlier. And I know we don't need to I believe it's 21 countries. I know we don't need there. to reiterate this to our listeners. Like, I, I don't think anyone is coming to this podcast and listening and being like, Ah, you know, I still have, I still think the police serve a valid role in society. (laughs) No one listening (laughs) thinks that, but I, I don't know. It just, with everything happening, at least there should have been somewhat of a more cohesive police response. You know, it just, sure. Incompetence. Sure. But with the largest police force in the world, there's still some level of communication going on there, you know? Yes. You'd, mm-hmm. you'd figure that incompetence would be overcome just by the sheer number right, of people right. they have. Right. Like, like law like, of averages, one of the cops that are spread out across New York would just happen to find the guy just because they've got so fucking many. If you have a million people with no building experience trying to build one building, somehow it will still get done. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> okay. Also, one thing I've seen is I saw a lot of people talking about... Because obviously people are making the point of, well, the cops didn't even fucking catch him. He fucking turned himself in. Or if they believe that, you know, whoever else called in the tip that or, you know, Zach or whoever it was. I've seen the argument. You don't of, have to thank me. I was just doing my job. Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay. like I, I've seen I've seen a lot of the argument of. Well, you don't understand how big of a role the the public always plays in these kinds of things. And it's like, okay, well, if that's true, then you're just further proving my point that these people don't fucking do anything. (laughs) If it's the fucking public that catches these people, what the fuck do we need these clowns for anyways? Yes. Like, I just, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around how that is a pro cop argument of, oh, well, it's always the public that catches them anyways. It's like. Well, cool. Tom, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah you're, Give you're me giving fucking health care, bitch. Yeah. What's, yeah. That's one of the things about the way America interacts with the police. That's I it's just hard for me to wrap my head around. Because 
you know, the, the way America interacts with other political events, I feel like there is at least some movement, you know, and we've seen that with uh, with labor. You know, people are mistreated in the in the workplace. They're treated shittily at Starbucks and they form a Starbucks union. And, you know, uh, tangent, uh, f- the four Starbucks unions that had their most recent union votes, all four passed unanimously, <gasps> which kicks ass. So that's what, 15 now? Yeah, a shit ton. But with police in America, it always goes back to a pro-cop argument. There's never, ever, ever any movement by the public to realize the, you know, the the negative effects of the police. And it's just shocking to me. I don't understand how you see other things and are radicalized by that, but then you see the police fuck up time and time again or actively cause harm time and time again. And you're like, well, guess we need more. (laughs) I just want to say I fully believe that it is the same. I believe that it is in line with religious logic. And I think that that is a big driving factor. And it is the same thing, the same way that they see God is infallible as you should be grateful for the good things that he does, but he's not responsible for the bad things. And it is the exact same way that people view and interact with cops in in the U.S. It's like, I mean, in New York, I I don't remember. It was sometime in the in the 2000s cops. There was a there was a shooter and cops shot 19 bystanders. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Or the the time like two or three years ago where they ha- were having a shootout in the in the middle of traffic and they shot and killed that UPS driver yep. and UPS was and like we UPS appreciate you for shooting our driver yeah, yeah. the most cooked like, fucking statement by PR of all I mean, time like, like if we want to really bring it back to the religious thing um and talk also about like the philosophical roots of America it just comes to the same fucking idea of predestination that it, like informs puritanism and puritanism eh, puritanism informs everything else here fucking if you're shot by the police um one you deserve it and two if you're a police officer you have been predestined to be an arbiter of society like and, and that is the infallibility yes. of this. yes like <laughs> you know yeah you were you were born as a good enough person and the system is good and intelligent enough to you know fix all of you know weed out the people who aren't infallible and that's and that's what people believe like you said it's it's just this puritan thing and it it's 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 predestination and it's like well if they were good enough to get through the the police academy they must be good enough to become the judge of of life and death the execution yeah, that's that's and, fair yep. i i guess it's just kind of it's the same sort of shit that informs most other american politics like y'all were saying it's just a little bit more veiled i guess than you know other stuff this is a little unrelated but it's coming to mind because i was uh uh i was uh in the city of st louis recently and i saw actually a cop who i had seen you know fuck up previously i was on the way to a game a hockey game like two three years ago and uh saw a guy uh skip the fair and just like jump the turnstile and got on the train with me and he got like shaken down super aggressively by this cop. Um, was it a real cop or was just, it a, a Metro? 
a metro. It, it was it was a real okay. cop. It was one of the ones that are on the train, gotcha, but he was gotcha. like an actual cop. Yeah, yeah. So I got the guy's name and I remember his name to this day because he had like his hand on his gun the whole time Jesus. for like a three dollar twenty five metro ticket. Um, And then I was getting off the train last weekend for a, a baseball game, you know, going to the same stop. The stadiums are relatively close to each other in the, in our city. Um, and I see the same fucking guy. I see the name on his badge. You can kiss my fucking balls. Uh, Lyle bleep that bleep his name because that's probably like actual slander. But I saw the guy and he's still fucking working there. My complaint didn't do shit. Nobody probably listened yeah, to it. Of course it. not. I mean, it's just wild that not only is uh, systemic police failure ignored, you know, and like that's how most American politics is systemic. Anything is ignored. But individual police failure is ignored. Yeah. The individual cop who was there at the scene of the of the Brooklyn shooting fucked up in like three or four different ways. And nobody cares because yeah. they're protected know. no matter what, dude. I mean, I, and again, yeah. we're, we're driving um, home. We're driving home points that don't need to be driven home. But I, I, yeah, it's I just on some levels do see a shift with this specific thing, the Brooklyn shooting, where for once the media is actually sort of pushing back onto why did this fucking take so long? why yeah people are actually questioning even like as surface level as it is as surface level as it will be and as surface level as it will continue to be there's still a lot of question as to why does this massive police force still fuck up and people are actually starting to ask that question rather just than just being like oh like thank our first responders for like the hard ah, hard work that they do yeah right even that is frustrating though because it's it's how did they fuck up in like the same way you would ask how did the cashier at target fuck up not like how did policing as an institution it's like why did these peons not do their job (laughs) sure yeah yes essentially yeah no i mean i keep cbs on all day in my room while i work and yeah sounds like a fucking nightmare CBS, it's a pretty boring station. I mean, that's derogatory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should, you should yeah, no, it's like it's your sort of dull, like very center left, dull news experience where, you know, they're just kind of doing 24 hour coverage. And yeah, they, you know, all day today, they've had people on to do like damage control for that sort of thing. They've had people from uh, the MTA. They've had people from, I, I believe it was the security company that like has those cameras to explain what happened. I, I should have paid more attention, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah, the questions are being asked, but then they immediately turn around and run cover. Also, I want to talk about the fact that uh, Uber and Lyft had had to stop uh, price yeah. gouging because they were blasted to hell on social media for people being like, hey, we're trying to get out of here because we're scared because there's a active shooter on the loose and y'all are trying to make us pay $70 to, to get out of here. I was going to say, I, I saw somebody post a screenshot and it was something like $85 yeah. for like yeah. like mile and a half, two miles. Yeah ridiculous which in new york that is a very far distance and like you can that is that is you are going into the next borough but still does not justify fucking 86 dollars right and like you could make the argument that uh two things that you could make an argument about one is that you could say oh it's just an algorithm you know it's it's gonna do you know price gouging whenever there's a lot of people going that's fucked. Why is the algorithm like that? Exactly. And two, this was not, you know, the first 10 seconds after this happened. This mm-hmm. was like 
hours after yeah. people were still trying to get out. Uber more than had enough time to manually lower prices. And if they were a company with any fucking morals, they would have dropped the rates to like they would have dropped the rates to zero and paid the drivers. You know, that's what you should have should have done. You should have paid the drivers the normal amount that they would have gotten paid and charged well, Uber the people at a loss. So I don't see yeah, like like well, I see why they did it, but it doesn't make yeah. any kind of business sense. I also like like this is not an indictment of public transport. But even beyond people just needing to get out of the area, the subways were shut down. That is the lifeblood of New York. Yeah. The subways weren't shut down though, they not weren't? immediately. They were they were still running um like immediately after the right. uh, trains were still allowed to leave that station and then they shut them down once the guy had gotten away. God. Yeah. Uh, I hope they give that Zach kid the $50,000 reward that they they touted for the for the uh you know the tip that would get him arrested sorry my brain's yeah. not working yeah <laughs> zach's rubbing his fingers he's, he's loving that the kid's name is zach. Like he loves imagining it yeah because like he's just thinking what can you do with fifty thousand dollars buy me a ps5 and return i would hell I would. yeah <laughs> let's go i would buy andy a ps5 let me hold a ps5 yeah <laughs> yeah, andy I, needs yeah. It more our, our buddy andy asks every day for a ps5 <laughs> um he's yeah. got money though like he's got he's saved up money for a he PS5. has the money he just doesn't have the ability to, to do buy so. one exactly yes right yes all right uh, uh speaking of speaking of zach the bodega worker let's let's pivot to that i think we've seen it like, like we yeah. said everything that needs to be said on the nypd i don't think we can offer any analysis no that, for sure you know digs deeper than anyone else is doing but zach the bodega worker 1.1 for new yorkers saying that bodegas are the most important institution <laughs> in the world Ooh. um <laughs> so and to, zach the bodega worker yeah do you guys know what his job is do you do you guys want to guess would you like to enlighten us alex <laughs> just a fun little tidbit zach the bodega worker uh, he installs security cameras for a living. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed this. Are you yeah. serious? Wait, 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 wait. Expl yeah. Explain. And go ahead. Like he just installs security cameras. He's a he's like a technician who installs security cameras. Oh, I thought he and I don't believe it's for the. He I don't believe houses. it's for the same company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Took me a sec. I. I'm not saying like he's connected houses. or anything to the, you know, to anything. Sure. It's just really funny that the you know out of all of the people who could have stopped him it was a guy who was doing something yes. connected to the connected to the three single security yeah. cameras in the new york transit system that weren't working at the time of the attack i what are the odds that a lot of the cameras down there don't actually work and again it's just playing into the theater that we talked right. about earlier i i, I you know I, outside I'm of a, general, to bet a bunch go ahead tom say it again Oh, I was just going to say, as somebody who's worked at at grocery stores and and a number of different restaurants, I'd say maybe a third sure. yeah. of the total cameras that we had actually worked. Yeah. And I think that's probably being a little generous. And that's exactly my point. It's like how much of it is just down there just to, you know, make people feel safe. Yeah. Two but things like, about the cameras. Uh, I, I did see and I these are unconfirmed sure. statements, so I don't. You know, this is just some conjecture that I saw. I heard something. I think it was last year. Uh, 
uh, like they did a little survey of the maintenance checks mm-hmm. for the cameras and 31% of the cameras, they just never bothered to check and see if they were actually working. So awesome. a, a full third of the cameras could potentially just not be working. But I did hear something. I did hear something recently about like, no, they checked them all and like they were all working except those three. God. So I either either a third of them are inoperable, which is fucked. Or all of them are inoperable except those three, which is also fucked. Did we either piece is a good did situation? Did we say three weren't working? We meant one in three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, misspoke there. Yeah. Uh, Eric Adams coming out and saying, sorry, guys, I have egg on my face right now. <laughs> God. What, what has really sucked is, and I've seen this almost, and this has popped up in the last, like, literally five, six hours. I've seen from the right people trying to smear this guy as some crazy, like, Black Lives Matter activist, and that he did black this nationalism as a, more, yeah, more broadly. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Not even Black Lives Matter, because if you go into his YouTube channel, he's actually super critical of the movement. And then uh, after this, I want to discuss his YouTube channel, of course. Yes, yeah. yes. So we got to discuss the YouTube channel. Yeah, I, I think, of course, it's easy for the right to just, you know, all-encompassing say, oh, he's a Black Lives Matter guy, you know, whatever. But... I mean, it's a one-trick pony kind of thing. They did the same thing when, um, when uh, that guy shot. Uh, he was um, not my member of Congress, but for my state. Uh, shoot, I'm blanking on his name, but the minority leader, um, and he was a Bernie oh, yeah. Sanders supporter. Right. The the congressional baseball game. Yeah. Yes, and they were, you yeah. know, they were like, "Oh, he's a Bernie Sanders." The sport. worst shot of all time. <laughs> I well, I saw somebody Man. talk about also about uh. Xavier, I don't remember his last name, but like it, it's the same argument. He was the guy who ambushed and killed like six cops in Dallas in mm-hmm. I think it was 2016. Yeah. Yeah, it was whenever that huge there was like a ton of there was uh, a massive up, protest. Yeah, massive protest. And and while the cops were out quelling the protest, he went mm-hmm. out and hunted cops. And yeah. Like like listen, okay. I good for him. Anytime there is, you know, sort of something like that going on, I think it is valuable to look at the ideological motives of whoever is committing it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. With this case, this pr- and with the, uh, well, I'm not so certain about the congressional base- uh, baseball game, so I'm not going to talk on it. But with this case, sure, he was a black nationalist and everything. That has no role in his like it has no bearing in the choice of who he attacked it has no bearing in like like there's no clear ideological motive behind this attack yeah no manifesto there, or no anything no manifesto yeah. there is no inherent political ideological value to point at this person and say this is why they did it unless you know there is some kind of additional knowledge or additional document that can be used to say okay Here's the like ideological basis with right wing terror attacks. Usually there is some kind of manifesto. There's some kind of paper trail that says, like, not only do I believe this, but I want to kill these people here. And this is why. Yes, there is usually like a link, like I believe uh, Dylan Roof. um, Oh, yeah. I believe like he had the whole speed, like the whole nine yards laid out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it is easier to I wouldn't say easier, but it is. You know, you see more of it on the right, but there, you know, the right does the one trick pony kind of thing where they instantly see this, maybe like a little hint of them leaning left and they're, well, that's because that ideology 
is dangerous when their ideology has been proven to be, you know, more insightful in these in those cases. So, you know, glass glass house kind of situation. Mm -hmm. More and more insightful. And those cases are on ideological basis. Yes. I think it points to us one of the strengths that the right has that the left really has not figured out a way to combat is their framing and their branding in these types of cases. Because for pretty much every single shooter, every mass, anything that's happened, there's a framing that the right puts up that is pretty much immediately accepted. And instead of, you know, the left saying this is a right-wing terrorist, it's the the left arguing against the established framing. You know, Dylan Roof. Dylan Roof was a crazy kid. He was a lone wolf. He was a lone actor. This guy is a black nationalist. So he is a proponent of, you know, of the black agenda. So you can hate on the black agenda. You know, if it's a Muslim guy, he is an Arabic terrorist who is, you know, uh, and all Muslims are are terrorists. And that's what the right, you know, tries to make you believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with every single one of these, they have this framing that they instantly put in effect that the left just has not figured out a way to combat it's picked up by mass media which mass media in and of itself is a right-wing reactionary sort of institution even if it's um you know even the quote-unquote super liberal stations i mean that that is what mass media is at the Mm -hmm. end of the day so of course the right-wing like framing of it is going to get picked up and you know perpetuated and reiterated it does also help when you're, um, you know, the base of uh, the right just doesn't think critically. Like, at all. like yeah, <laughs> sure. Like as soon as they see something on Fox News, One America News Network, that becomes what they think of. And they can't think they won't think outside of that box. Well, maybe like, you know, well, maybe this isn't exactly the whole story. They instantly hone in on that. Right, and it and typically ends up being the craziest things. Yeah. And you're just like, what if you like you thought you like you? us you know as you know um the five of us or anybody listening to this can actually take a step back and say well that kind of sounds crazy i think they just lack that sure because i mean this guy like i know we're gonna touch on his youtube channel here in a sec but like this guy wait (laughs) what what was that alex oh i've been trying to speak for like five minutes oh i'm so sorry (laughs) i'm so sorry guys No, I was just going to say, like, what I don't understand, because, like, on the topic of, like, we're talking about, you know, uh, branding and and motive and, like you mentioned, Zach, like, usually there's some sort of manifesto, but it's, like, the way that this played out, it doesn't play out like he is a radical terrorist, like, he is some sort of fanatic. He turned himself in. He was sitting at a fucking McDonald's. Like, it's that those are not the actions right of, he actually wasn't this. sitting at the mcdonald's because the cops took too long to came and pick him up so he got yeah. it legitimately he got bored and left the mcdonald's <laughs> they, they, they fixed the ice cream machine in time yes <laughs> <laughs> no but i think oh the reason in this case like what I, what what i was gonna say was uh if you've looked at his youtube channel the guy is clearly just he's not all there but yeah he's, but he's definitely not of sound mind i mean if you look at like sure. all the clips from his youtube that have been uh, maybe all over your feed today you you might it's just not somebody who is of a sound mind so right if you want those clips on your feed you can follow the uh sunday morning podcast <laughs> and our associated <laughs> yeah. friends um let's let's talk Twitter, about twitter.com <laughs> so so i just want to say uh I, I i think it's time we actually move into the youtube channel yes I yeah. was 
I'm not going to say fortunate enough. I, my insomniatic ass was up just as the first news reports of his YouTube channel were being released at 530 in the morning Eastern time. So I managed within like five, six minutes of those stories getting posted to go and watch like some of these videos. They're just rambling all over the place. There's no clear ideology. Zero I mean, cohesion. Um, a lot of it is, um, I don't actually, it, it's black nationalism, but in a way that's disparaging towards black people. Um, it's so white nationalism. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm in it, the lab cooking up the, <laughs> a black white nationalist. It's God. I, I feel like I feel like I shouldn't be talking on this, but just in the content of the videos, it's it's a black man saying that black people deserve to be slaves because he he was saying I, that it, it just that is a type values. of person that exists. Yeah, mm -hmm. there are there are black people who are white nationalists out there, and <laughs> yes, that you know. with the sort of Egyptian African Dave Chappelle skit optic kind of. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't gonna be the one to say it. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Is that a slur or something? Am no, I, I just no. don't feel comfortable as a white person saying hotep. <laughs> it's yeah. like, a, it's oh, okay. like a, as a motivating factor in a terrorist account. I'll be, but. I'll be that vessel. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, you guys are lucky you have me here today. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's not. <laughs> his, the, the names on his videos are very funny. I do have to the say. The names are funny. Yeah. Dear, um, dear Mr. Mayor in all caps. Dying time. Dying time. He, he can has, that just be dear the Mr. Name of Mayor the sounds like the title of a letter to the editor to my local, like, <laughs> no. my, my, like, local county paper. Dear Mr. That Mayor. That I get for free like, every Sunday. It sounds like something that the Riddler left for <laughs> Batman. It's like a note. <laughs> Mr. Police. Mr. Mayor. Yeah. You could have saved, saved her. her. I gave you all the clues. <laughs> He's got one called R. Kelly, Black Women's Frankenstein Monster. What? R. Kelly was the doctor. You're speaking of R. Kelly's monster. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, but... Yeah. God. No, but, but uh, Zach, Zach, you're right. If you look at the titles and if, if you... You can listen in like the first 30 seconds of any of those videos, and they're all like 40 minutes long of this guy yeah. rambling. You can tell he's just he's pretty clearly not there, and he's the type of guy that, you know, again, not to be all conspiracy theorists, but he's the type of guy that would probably be pretty vulnerable to some of the fucking shenanigans that the FBI and the CIA Let, try and pull where is, they and I know this word has a lot of baggage right now with all the anti-trans and anti-gay legislation it's grooming it, it, it is sure. grooming yeah. to commit a terrorist act by the which by is the three letter agencies their MO. absolutely yeah they're right. they're incredible at it they love doing it they can't stop doing it because yeah, it just like, increases and, their budget infinite and this is this is not us this is not us sitting here behind our mics talking about conspiracy theories you know we're not being you know well that is what that we're is not being so, crazy here that is what so bothers me about the phrase conspiracy theory you know what i mean it's like at a certain point it's not a it, this is things that are happening and have been proved to have happened and i know it makes yeah, you like sound those like guys a nut. that tried to kidnap gretchen whitmer uh a couple of years ago there's verifiable evidence that they were pushed to do that by the fbi you know it's 
there's so much evidence for a bunch of failed plots that there was involvement from state actors. And, you know, I, I just don't see I don't see how this guy is this sort of vulnerable, most likely mentally ill guy who has these views and commits an attack with not very much motive and leaves a bunch of identifying documents and, you know, fucking cookie, you know, a uh, uh, cookie crumb trail to where he's hiding and, you know, calls in his own arrest at a McDonald's. I just don't see how all that happens. And there's not, you know, something else going on from the people who just love doing this. You you brought you know? up Gretchen Whitmer, and I want to talk about two cases here as someone from Michigan. I, I think it's big hadn't happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think if something this big hadn't happened, I think we would have touched on the Gretchen Whitmer thing. Um, so obviously Gretchen Whitmer, um, there were four not guilty verdicts and two, um, you know, uh, hung jury. It was dismissed. Um, and there's been a lot of evidence coming out the last year or so since this happened that, you know, it was FBI um, one that infiltrated this group of people and two that were trying to pressure them to do this and then stung. Uh, there's another case that i want to bring up from a couple years ago again from michigan and it just illustrates a different type of you know fbi mission there um there was a man from dearborn which is a large um, muslim majority community i think it's actually the largest muslim community outside of the middle east um but his name was it is a uh, side note that was a uh that was one of the communities that bernie in uh 2020 won by a goddamn landslide yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I grew, I grew up 15 minutes away from Dearborn. I'm like, like it, it's, you know, it's a super welcoming community. One of the greatest places in Michigan. Um, but here's the thing. Okay. So there was a man, he was 21 years old and his name was Khalil Abu Rayyan. And he was from Dearborn Heights, which is, you know, yeah, I think I remember so, this guy. Um, he was depressed. He was, didn't NPR just do a piece? I think NPR uh, did a piece I'm not on certain. him. But uh, just for, for our listeners who might not listen to NPR, um, so, he, you know, he was a 21-year-old. He was a pizza delivery driver. He liked um, smoking a bunch of weed. He carried a pistol just to protect himself because the, the, for as like cool as Dearborn is, there's like, you know, it's an underdeveloped area. It's really been disenfranchised by the suburban development outside of Detroit. But, um, you know, he's 21. He had strict parents that didn't want him to meet a girl, and he he sort of fell into like an incel pit. Um, when he was younger, uh, he went to his teacher and said that he had a nightmare about bringing a gun to school and killing everyone in class. Like he had the like awareness to bring that up to a teacher and confide in that teacher and seek help. And um, instead of that actually resulting in anything, he was. I believe suspended from school. And I think that's where the FBI picked up on him. But after that, you know, he was working at the pizza stop. He, he sort of fell into the alt-right. Well, not alt-right. It was, he fell into the ISIS online sort of like, uh, what's it called? The pipeline. Yeah. Um, yeah. because you sure. know, yeah. And so he started getting into that. And then eventually the FBI started posing as this girl online he could talk to once they realized he was an incel, once they realized that he was, you know, lonely, he was mentally ill, it was untreated. Um, he's been mentally ill for a long time. The FBI sort of stung him and they used this fake 
profile of a girl to keep trying to encourage him to uh, commit terrorism and like an act of jihad. And he kept saying, no, 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 I don't want to do this. Like, even if it means you won't love me anymore. Yep. And eventually he killed himself, which is like a tragedy in and of itself that this man couldn't get help, but it's also a failure on the FBI's part to actually enact one of their plans. It was very clear that the FBI themselves were trying to agitate this man into committing a terrorist act. And the same thing goes for yep. uh, the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot. Um, the more we learn about it, it's, it's what the FBI does, which with all the fucking confounding evidence from the Brooklyn thing, it's a dead ringer for an FBI plot. Like, I don't think this is a conspiracy theory. This is something that we outright know that they do. They yeah. tap into mentally ill people and try and activate them or, you know, energize them into channeling their mental illness into, like, acts of mass aggression instead of getting them help as they need. And what is the end goal for them? More funding. Well, more funding, I guess. More funding. So, yeah. Okay. And look at this man's YouTube channel. You can't watch that YouTube I, channel. I could also see... Yeah. Uh, I, I could also see it. Um, God, I forget which operation it was. Northwoods was that the terror one in Northwoods uh, was um, CIA and uh, so so different different goals there that would have actually been carried out by CIA agents versus you know them grooming people into committing terrorism. Yeah, but the the the, the point I was trying to make there was like we know that there is a history of three letter agencies in America advocating for or actively committing terrorist acts to garner American public support for X, Y, Mm -hmm. Z, whatever. For any cause which is unpopular at the time. Like when when the guy from Dearborn, when they tried to do that to him, that's when anti-Islamic, Islamic extremism was a a buzzword. Um, Stephen Paddock, right-wing domestic terrorism was a yep. buzzword yeah. which I, I did honestly like in the grand scheme of things right-wing domestic terrorism is the biggest threat out of all three of these things and yeah. coming out the legacy of 2020 100%. yeah coming out yeah. the legacy of 2020 you have you know black identitarian movements as you know the civil rights yep, things like that yep, as as being this large um you know boogeyman that they can pin to this issue and say this is why we need more funding this is why we need mm-hmm. more control and yeah. I think mm-hmm. now is a perfect time um, to do a drunk reading of the Stephen Paddock copy pasta on the podcast. <laughs> I don't believe that we've done this before, but I have it pulled up. Oh, my God. Because I've wanted to yes. read this. And um, here we go. During the Las Vegas shooting, Stephen Paddock supposedly expent 3,000 rounds of ammunition over the course of 10 minutes from 27 AR-15s with bump stocks, despite the facts that it would have required him to drop a gun after each 30-round magazine was empty, even though videos from survivors show that it was a nonstop stream of ammunition with a firing rate much higher than a bump stock is capable of producing from multiple locations that appear to be M240 LMGs, like machine guns. Um, more interesting is the fact that after the over the investigation his house somehow burned down with all the evidence and photos of the hotel room he shot from only 50 spent shells years later we still have no motivation and there was strangely no follow-up on the biggest mass shooting in u.s history most confusing is that the day after his brother had numerous press interviews where he claimed it made no sense his brother was arrested for possessing hundreds uh for possessing several hundred terabytes of child porn on a 20 year old computer running windows 95 at least according to the photos taken by the fbi 
A computer running Windows 95 does not have the fucking space for 20 yeah, terabytes. There's no way. Right. Right. Yeah. And like like I'm oh I'm, I'm not saying this as like some conspiracy theorist. Like like there there's it's fishy just like this brooklyn thing is fishy just like the gretchen whitmer thing is fishy just like um the case of the young man from dearborn's case is fishy it's it's clear that the fbi is involved either in ways that are clear or not in all of these cases we have confirmation for he had previously been interviewed by the fbi we have confirmation for the Whitmer thing, most of the people involved in that plot were FBI informants. We have confirmation from the guy from Dearborn. We don't have confirmation for Stephen Paddock, but the fact that the FBI framed his brother, like... There's enough there. He he wound up having a plane that had previously... Because you know how, like, him and his brother... Or he, it might have been him and his brother. I don't want to... See, I feel like I'm getting in the weeds here. But um, he wound up having a plane that was previously registered to uh, the CIA. Paddock did? Yeah. Yes. Because he was a pilot. That was like one of the only media. That was like one of the only things the media had on him was like, oh, he was a pilot. Like he could fly a plane. Right. Who, Mohammed Atta? <laughs> I'm not saying this as someone who is distantly removed from these cases. Gretchen Whitmer is my governor. And for like yeah. a lot of criticism, like a lot of criticism for the Democratic Party, I like a lot of the things that she's done. And I resent a lot of the right wing sort of aggression towards her. Um, the whole plot was fake. Um, yeah. as someone who like lives and works and studies with people from Dearborn, like there's a lot of resentment in that community for how like Muslims have been treated in this country. Mm-hmm. The way that the FBI tried to groom this guy was fake. Steven Paddock. I'm not going to go into how I know people from Las Vegas, um, or like, <laughs> I'm intimately connected to that community, but I knew, and my family knew four people that died in that shooting. Holy and shit. I did yeah, not know that. I'm not, oh my god! Yeah, and I, I I'm not saying this is some armchair conspiracy theorist. It doesn't no, fucking sure. line up. Yeah. Sure, it's so difficult also to discuss things like this because the American conscience, the American consciousness, just ignores pretty much anything that our government does. So you know, you have incontrovertible evidence that you know that guy from Dearborn was getting groomed, but. At the end of the day, it is treated as a failed Islamic terror plot. And it, you know, people hear that in the news and it's thrown away and that's it. It's not thrown away. You it's know, celebrated. The, the, the Las Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas shooting. It's just like, damn, that's crazy. We had a mass shooting. That one sticks out in my mind. It's just a typical mass shooting. Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah. That one. Th- and this one is going to be treated the same way. Yeah. It's going to be, we caught the guy. And that's it. And it's the, gotten more the coverage that, because it happened in New York and they can immediately, you know, what I mean, the news was very quick to at least the, you know, channel CBS. They were very quick to in, repeatedly invoke 9-11, which, uh, you know, I, I, I genuinely think is fair yeah. for yeah. New York. It is the heart of the country. It is. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think the news did its job in recording like swiftly and um, sort of at least in the beginning informationally on this. But again, it, it's a failed terrorist attack by a black nationalist. Yes. Um, yeah. And which, it's, it's just going to be treated as, you know, another thing that happened. Yeah. Stephen Paddock it, was... And, and oh, it, it's, sorry. It's tough because we can have this discussion here and our listeners, you know, our small insular group that we are in, on the left, 
we can all understand these things and we can, you know, look at these facts and take them forward. But you can't discuss things like that without sounding fucking like insane. A fucking right. Nut. Yeah. And that is because of the propaganda machine that exists in America. Absolutely. And in, I would assume in most Western countries. It's such a massively large hill to climb that you can't even start, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I genuinely do not know. And, you know, I doubt any of our listeners know, and I doubt any of you guys, you know, here on the pod know how you even begin to approach that and begin to spread awareness of the things that our government does to us. It just, what do you do? The deep state is not some like pedophilic cabal harvesting fucking, what's it called? Um, <laughs> Eyes well, wide shut type of people. Yeah. yeah like, like, um, God damn it. To, to be fair, they are pedophiles. They are pedophiles. <laughs> but the, but the child pheromone, there's not some great satanic plot or whatever. It, it's shit like this. It's shit where yeah. you take mentally, yeah. like, they are they are pedophiles, people. but that is entirely unrelated <laughs> to the grooming that they're doing. Um, yes, but they're taking people who are mentally ill or otherwise isolated to the fringes of society, which is a huge issue, especially like for men in this society. You know, um, Zach Men's Rights Activist. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even saying that. I'm, I'm just saying like there's not a no, lot I of uh, yeah. There's not a lot of mechanisms for helping men cope with feelings of isolation or rage. Or and, and usually it turns into self-isolation or radicalization towards a violent or otherwise harmful ideology. Um, yeah, and Lyle and I, uh, episode, I want to say it was 26, if any of y'all listening haven't heard that one. Uh, Lyle and I uh, do a two-person episode, that one, and we talk about the incel movement. And it's a lot of those same feelings of isolation, of uh, you know resentment, of being separated from your community. And it's preyed on by, in that case, you know, the incel movement and the idea that nobody's going to fuck you. And in this case, you know, insert three-letter agency here. It's it's the same sort of feeling that is eating away at the hearts of these really, you know, really messed up individuals. Just a different outcome. Yeah. And I do want to clarify, I don't think every mass shooting event, every domestic terror event, everything like that, it's not all a fucking CIA plot. It's not all an FBI plot. It's not some deep state bullshit. Right. I'm saying that the, the conditions that people are allowed to foment violent opinions and, you know, violent personalities, um, that allows these agencies to pick people out and say, okay, here's how we're going to get them to do this. And yeah, um, I was just to say it's their biggest admission of guilt is they understand that these are the exact conditions that allow them to create monsters, to allow them to push people to the absolute end of their humanity until they are ready right. to commit acts of mass violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not it's not them using brainwashing. It's them using no. cultural pressures that they're like they're yeah. familiar with, that they are in anxiety of. It's it's just a yeah. whole indictment of our society. And okay, I was just gonna say it's you know like they don't you know in the in the sixties they they tried MK Ultra. They literally don't have to do that anymore. There is this perfect insular system that nobody is able to break out of that allows them to manufacture conditions to create these like i said these these monsters but it it's it's like they don't even have to to do anything 
most of the time. A lot of the time, it's it's just giving them access to this resource or that. And yeah, that's the upsetting thing. You know, like you said, Tom, MK Ultra, that was just pumping people up full of a shit ton of acid and using research chemicals to break people's brains. And they don't even need to put you in the lab and hook you up to a tube of whatever anymore. They can just tell you that you're never going to find, you know, anyone to love you in your life. And here's a <laughs> and here's a gun. And your community hates you and you need to <laughs> yep. exact yeah, revenge and, on them. Yeah, yeah and exactly. Yes. American people are so separated from the things, you know, community and, uh, you know, mutual aid and the things that we as leftists support that insulate you from that kind of hate and that kind of isolation. American people as a whole are so separated from that, that, you know, that's your tube full of research chemicals, you know, mm-hmm. it's, re- yeah. it's really upsetting that they're not, you know, you don't even have to do a Looney Tunes ass plot anymore. You can just, you just let people exist. Yeah. You can just send somebody a couple of DMS telling them some mean shit, you know, or giving them like false hope that you'll love them if they fucking bomb someone. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's chilling. Yeah, it's it chilling is. because it's yeah. a an indictment on our society. Yeah, on the field, like like obviously, the main people at fault here is like the ruling class, the government, the agencies, sure. and everything like sure. that. But it, but it it is a broader indictment on how American society has come to cope with late stage capitalism. And I know we're not the first people to talk on this, and we're certainly not the last. But it's just a whole disgusting system, like. I do want to say uh, that the amount of acid they gave the guys on MK Ultra that probably would help me cope with late stage <laughs> capitalism. Guy like a guy like me could handle it. Um, Listen, one way to find what out. I'm going to say was my summer 2019 was wild. <laughs> here, here on the Sunday morning podcast, we hook each other up to big gallon size, you know, jugs full of acid. <laughs> Not full of acid. <laughs> Not to cause, you know terror and you know brainwash people we just do it for the love of the game to watch mandelbrot set videos on youtube for 10 hours (laughs) (laughs) wait hold on did y'all see that the fucking uh 1978 garfield mcdonald's mugs has 10,000 times the legal amount (laughs) okay yes fuck everything we were talking about about terror no 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 closer we're talking about garfield now no closer we're talking about garfield pivot baby tom go <laughs> okay so not only does it have lead in it it also has cadmium um, i do think we probably should have a closer that was mostly a bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is uh it's a garfield mug from mcdonald's and it is garfield laying in a hammock and he says it's not a pretty life but somebody has to live it and so okay for reference, uh, so lead is measured in parts per million. Sure. And uh, if there is a glaze or a coating, um, it cannot surpass a hundred parts per million. <laughs> if they like any anything like that, the McDonald's mug has ninety nine thousand three hundred parts per million. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> and. <laughs> The it is one legal lead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, oh shit! It is the legal limit of cadmium is forty parts per million, and it contains 
5,833. Incredible. So, Holding a Geiger wow. counter up yeah. to the fucking Garfield glass. <laughs> and, you know, it's got the... <laughs> yeah. I hate Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This was a McDonald's Happy Meal toy in 1978, by the way. <laughs> okay, that, that's what I was going to say. I'm pretty sure it was it a Happy Meal toy. I assumed it was just like something that they as happy as lead poisoning. Either could one, be. <laughs> yeah. but the you know the the thing here, and I think we've talked about it a few times on the Sunday morning podcast. You know, um, a lot of the you know upsetting things that we're seeing in America are most likely you know can be attributed at least partially to lead poisoning from like <laughs> leaded gasoline and stuff, yeah. you know, cause lead poisoning causes aggression. It causes, you know, a lot of the symptoms that you see in the right on America right now. What I think we were underplaying is how much uh, lead poisoning people were getting from these Garfield. mugs. <laughs> I don't think it's leaded gasoline. I don't think it's any of the things we thought it was. It's the fucking Garfield mugs that are responsible for the, the polarization of American garfs. society. It's the leftist yes. Twitter Listen, garfs. This is just a legacy. Know, somebody, somebody, okay, under a tweet about the fucking lead in the cup, someone replied and said they made the same mistake for both Shrek the Third and Shrek Forever <laughs> After, both of which also got recalled. <laughs> and then somebody replied with a picture of them with water in one of the Shrek glasses <laughs> and said, I was literally drinking out of this glass as I read this oh, tweet. Oh, <laughs> shit. Not a good guy to be. What makes it funnier is that they're novelty mugs. Like, if there was lead in just like a, like a you know, Number one dad mug that wouldn't be funny, right. but it's a Shrek Forever After novelty <laughs> mug. Shrek Forever After came out in like 2010. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if you yeah, get lead yeah. poisoning from the Shrek Forever After mug, I think you deserve to, you know, whatever happens. Mm. To you. The, the legend once told me the world. Okay, hold on. From where I graduated from uh, for high school. They actually, like, one of the uh, prom favors was a lead mug. I'm not old. I, I graduated in 2019. <laughs> uh, and, like, the like the prom favor was a, a huge mug, like, a lead mug. And uh, I knew the danger of lead in 2019. Yes. Like, I knew it was a neurotoxin. And I hope so. My, one of my teachers said, like, please don't drink out of this mug. And the kids in my class were like, so then what the fuck are you giving us a mug right. for? And they were so confused. And I was like, yeah, we're not making it past this century. <laughs> okay, are you sure it wasn't like pewter or anything? It was just full ass lead? Pewter. Was that was that is that okay? Pewter pewter is uh non-toxic. Non-toxic? Because someone yeah. told they told us not to drink out of it because there was lead in it. Or something. Pewter like is an alloy of lead and aluminum? Something like Peter that. Is okay. the thing I'm talking to y'all on right now. <laughs> <laughs> boo. Uh, boo. Get this guy out of here, boo. <laughs> God damn. So, so I, I, I do want to lead us into just one closer segment. Um, and we've spent all this time talking about FBI plots and how the fucking Brooklyn thing was bungled. I think it's time we go into a segment called the FBI posting their L's. Yes and that's half um, of this podcast <laughs> yeah no uh, Br brooklyn does count for that um the the guy in dearborn counts for that what else yeah there's one there's one event that we haven't talked about today that is also just fishy and i would like to point to the nashville christmas bombing oh 
Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah, when the guy blew up a whole city block and everyone was just like, all right, that's fine. And didn't yeah. really ever yeah. address it. No one, no one died. They blew up a whole city block for telecommunications purposes. Yeah. And just this dude was just waiting for his van to blow up while like Petula Clark's downtown was fucking playing <laughs> on the fucking radio. Like interspersed with evacuate immediately. Like that was obviously FBI, right? Hey, like, sure. Yeah. Had to be. Yeah. Somebody somebody in uh the CIA just really, really, really didn't like the uh bare naked ladies cover of uh God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. <laughs> and just they had to get that shit shut off. That one was done by a woman. <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember that. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty no, it sure wasn't. it was. No, 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 no. Oh, well, maybe the next one should be. Oh, you're right. You're right. My bad. Mobby. It's a guy <laughs> named. It's a guy of my namesake. It's a gentleman named Anthony. You're correct. My bad. I think we need more yeah. female domestic we terrorists. Do, yeah. More female. <laughs> <laughs> I I see what I see with like Steve, Stephen Paddock was like the last FBI success. And the year 2016, 2017 also coincides with when the first Gen Zers were starting to graduate college. And I think this is the result of the FBI and the CIA using recruitment ads. On TikTok. Like, Our agents have anxiety, too. <laughs> like, no, I you, know, you joke, but yeah, like that. I you, don't know. You yeah, joke, no. but do you remember? Do you remember that campaign where it was like, I am a Latina woman who suffers from imposter syndrome? Yeah, 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 no, no, fucking back in the 70s, back in the like, like the 60s, the 70s, and 80s, all the three letter agents were fucked up on like, oh, yeah, inhuman amounts of gin and cocaine and like fucking stimulants. The good shit. And now, now you have the generation coming in that are like, ooh, woo, I'm anxious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they can't, they can't pull off a plot to save their lives. You no, know? nothing like that. Nothing like, Look nothing at the on CIA the level with Havana syndrome. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. not not to sound like a boomer here, but, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, they did terror plots right. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, I used to the be me, back me, in the me day. generation. Yeah. You can't pull yeah. off the kind of stuff that they did back in the day. No, the TikTok generation yeah. couldn't pull off a terror plot if you know, their lives depended on they it. Couldn't do, it. do you think a 26 year old with Stan Luna in their bio can pull <laughs> off a domestic terror plot? You know? I think probably better than most of us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're talking about a K-pop stand. They could absolutely pull off a terror okay, plot. Okay, let's cut this, cut this wild. No, no, no K-pop. No K-pop yeah. shit. God damn. Before we get too far into it, let's just nip it in the bud. And, yeah, and- sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I think we've got an episode here. Hell yeah, no, we're, we we're making all Hell these yeah, jokes, boys. but you know, it's it genuinely sucks what happened uh, in yeah. Brooklyn, yeah. and you know, we're glad they got the guy, and you know, hopefully, the increased attention on this keeps mounting. M- you know, stuff like this yeah. from happening again. You know, hopefully, mm-hmm. the public puts more attention on the police or on three-letter agencies or anything that's involved in this and shit starts clearing up because it everybody fucked up here yeah right and and as as much as we joke about it i i think i can speak for all of us when i say that like you know despite the injuries we're glad that no one died 100%. um it seems like everyone's making it out of this um, yes this yeah this seems like um the best case scenario uh if an event were to happen the best thing that could given happen. the situation yeah yes so we can put this at the end just a, a beautiful little note to close out on so there's an NFT collector who 
bought an NFT. It was Jack Dorsey's first tweet ever. Oh, he purchased it for $2.9 million last year. And he just tried to sell it. It went up at auction today, and the top bid was $280. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Hell yeah, baby. Anyways, this has been the Sunday Morning Podcast. I am Alex. Uh, I'm not a domestic terrorist. Our guests wink, may be. Wink, gay. Uh, thank you to Tony and Elliot for jumping on this Anytime. week. Anytime. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to be yeah. here. Anytime I come on, we wind up talking about conspiracy shit. <laughs> before before I drop all of our information episode. for our beautiful listeners, uh, Tony, you'll go first, and then Elliot, you after. You guys want to plug whatever you want to plug? Sure. Uh, you can find me. I'm usually uh, pale underscore Tony B on most stuff. Come find me on Twitch. I'm Pale Guy Tony. I play a lot of Nintendo shit. Um, playing through Earthbound for the first time right now. Never finished that game. Come hang. Um, I, I only have a Twitter. Um, it's just, uh, it's the same that I've, uh, promoted before, uh, LA KT. I should probably remove my last name, <laughs> but, um, don't, well, I'll cut that part out, but, um, yeah, uh, I have my Twitter, uh, LA KT. I do more funny tweets now, but, um, I do offer political commentary on different things coming. Um, like I do want to do that more, but, um, I have a couple articles that I've written before, uh, and, you know, continuing on especially with um what's get what's going on now i offer you know some commentary um some nothing like hard hitting but outside but you know i'm i'm a younger uh younger guy and so i think that you know a lot not a um, not a lot of younger people are promoting the message that i hear or that i think so i kind of write about that so yeah uh you can also find uh all that information that they just shared you can find that on our website uh tony's got a page and elliot's got a page on there under the guests section uh we got links to all the episodes that they're in uh sundaymorningpod.com uh you can also find us on twitter at sunday underscore pod uh we got a link tree linked there that's got a link to the website link to all our other socials uh i think it's got links to all of the hosts personal twitters uh we're all funny go follow us uh what the fuck else do we have um patreon patreon yeah uh pay us money if you want literally nothing in return (laughs) um you guys quit doing bonus yeah damn yeah uh we quit doing bonuses a while ago it's too much to keep up with because we all have real jobs exactly um shout out to the uh people who are still paying us uh you guys know who you are i've shouted you out on previous weeks come uh we love you come pay me on twitch uh that's about all i have for you guys this week so once again thank you to tony thank you to elliot (laughs) we will see you guys next week good morning sunday morning see y'all